Hello, this is Aaron Cooter, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> go dap or go home? Mm. Mm-hmm. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Oh, boy. It's loves the Utu. I love some U2. Yeah, same here. Mm-hmm, same. Oddly enough, I don't love the stuff I'm sick of. Like, um, the early stuff. I used to love October. I've heard it so many times. It just doesn't do anything for me. But the stuff later, um, like Zuropa, mm-hmm. not, not a great album, but I would rather listen to that than the older stuff. That's interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Like, how many times have you heard Sunday Bloody Sunday? I mean, a lot. Yeah, or New Year's Day. It's just... But yeah, they're classics, they, though, man. They are. Are they, though? I listen to the classic rewind and YouTube comes on. It comes to us and I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, I know, this is, right? This is what it's like with the old elevator music when Dad's like, wait, why is why are the birds playing in the elevator? All right, Dad, you're old. <laughs> Some of us are old. At least you know, but I'll I'll change channel to a fucking heartbeat if the doors start playing. Stop! I, I don't care for the doors. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I, I just want to say that I I'm not even going to glorify that with any kind of <laughs> I, I don't, it's, Dude, I owed you one after you randomly just popping into the thread to say that Michael Jackson sucked the other day. Who are you talking to? Me? You? When did I say Michael Jackson sucked? You said MJ sucks. He meant. I was talking about Mary Jane. Oh, you weren't. Yes. Oh, I thought because you were feeling some kind of way about Prince's death, you were trying to say that Michael Jackson sucks. No. Wow. That's that's the kind of some some people on Facebook. Seriously. "Eh." You said that? That must mean you hate mutants for all time. Oh, see, I thought you were hating on MJ, and I was. No. I I felt some kind of way. I was like, what? No, no, my friend. Way to reach there, Mister Fantastic. Jay, he would always say the king of pop. Yeah. Sucks. You wouldn't say just MJ. This is the king of shit. But anyway, you, see, <laughs> see, you just shat on him. See, he's the man in the mirror. <laughs> that's man. I think that's Renee's jam. I, I think that's that's her favorite. I have to be. If that song ever comes on in the car. It's like everybody's quiet. So she now, goes, to make a change. See, I thought she was perfect, but I guess not. She's even more perfect to me now. That no, I just found that out. no. Sorry. We're very tolerant of each other's um idiosyncrasies. Yeah. The, uh, but she's one. also she she is also a Prince fan, so you know, it's like There you go. Now you're talking. You're speaking my we language are less now. We're tolerant of each other's musical divergences than we are other things. Oh, for sure. We seem to front on each other hard with our music, but we we tolerate each other's <laughs> differences in other forms of entertainment. Yeah. Which is amazing since we've been together in one car for so long over the years. Right. It's true. I will say the one Prince Rogers Nelson is worth 10,000 Michael Jacksons. See, I can't go there. I love Prince and I, I would, yeah. if I had to choose one or the other to vote off the Island, I would keep Prince. But, but for me, I mean, they're both major, major iconic parts of my childhood music. So okay. I mean, this is by far the better musician, but as far as, yeah, yeah. You know, they each each one brought and 
what they mean. I, it's very hard to just. I mean, those two and Madonna for their time were the three biggest pop stars of their generation. I mean, so right, you know. And I'm not trying to say Madonna belongs in their in 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 their category musically, but but certainly from a historical yeah uh, cultural influence. Right, was, right, right. And coming at you from the three biggest podcast stars of our generation. Oh, hey, hey. Yeah. dropping the gauntlet. It's eleven o'clock comics, episode five hundred and thirty-seven. Hi, and I'm Vince P. You are Vince P. On this wonderful, glorious, not too cool Sunday evening. No, it was good. And I am David e. Price. You are all the Indeed, way. you are. And I'm everyone's favorite Android hero. I'm Teddy Flood. Oh no, you're not though. No. You're not. You're not Teddy Flood. You're Jason Wood. What's up? Having fun in the house. On a Sunday, of all things. Thank you, Patreon people, for making this possible. Yeah, we went all PBS mode tonight, because this this episode is brought to you by people like you and other generous sponsors. And the number... I got the name of... No, it's not a Sesame Street. And the number seven. It's a masterpiece intro where... Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not doing the other intro or we are. What is I'm just so confused sometimes. I I I I don't know. I didn't check to see what number we are at for the month. Well, I I sh- I would say not because if this they is for Wednesday. Yeah, if this is an extra episode, I I mean I would love to give them another one, but I mean if it's just not That's fine. Yeah, not no, the time we'll save, then, yeah, we'll save it for the book of the month. Good. We Wednesday. will. So thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you, beautiful Patreon supporters, for making this episode a possibility. Um, We love you so much. And if you would like to check out the fun on Patreon, all you got to do is go to patreon.com forward slash 110C11 O'Clock Comics, no apostrophe, and you will uh, be steeped in our silliness. Yeah, you will. You could say it's Patreon like Donkey Kong. You could. Yeah. I just did. Yeah, you that's all you. <laughs> he's it's I like it when he practices. <laughs> On us though. Wow. <laughs> you wouldn't save that for the, like the commute home or nothing where you can go, oh, I'm gonna slay him with this. No, he's Damn. like gonna be like, I'm just gonna go live. It's like, you know, it's, salty motherfuckers. It's, 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 it's improv. Feel, it's improv you know, and you, shit. You guys have like the is it like cause the weather's changing, you got the arthritis in your knees and stuff, like you you got the old man syndrome tonight? Is that why you guys are salty? See, the, you know, it, that's okay. Whenever the kids want to bust my balls, uh-huh. if I'm scolding them or trying to teach them a life lesson or something, they'll say, "Well, yeah, well, at least we have hair." That was the Jason equivalent of that. I can't do anything about right. my age. It's just it is what it is, right? <laughs> so, so he's attacking me in in the the Achilles tendon. Well, the truth is, if we're if we're because you know I am all about that honesty. You're in much better shape than uh, than I am, in spite of being ten years older than me. So it's all good. Nah, don't couch it at any kind of pleasantry. Bro, you you got mad. You're in mad, you're mad physically fit these days. Hey, it happens. It's yes. the job, right? Speaking of Patreon. Yes. You're, you're fast approaching 300 consecutive days of posting an image of the day. We have two very special weeks coming up. Oh. Yes. Hmm. Um, after the, I think there's about two left. Uh in the current uh, roster, and after that, it's an entire week of Alex Ross. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, but specifically, 
It's uh-huh. Alex Ross Project Superpowers. Oh, you love that. that I makes do. Sense, I do love that. And then after Alex does his bow, it is an entire week of vintage heavy metal. Nice. That I'm excited for. Yes. See, as you know, I've been I've been I'm 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 eight into the Astro City reviews on the on the Patreon. You are. And I, I am not posting the Alex Ross covers because I figure that every time the internet ever talks about Astro City, they just use the cover of the issue. So I am picking uh I'm inspired by you and I am going through each issue and taking a screen cap or scan of whatever my favorite page of the issue is as the image for the uh, article. I love that. Because yeah, it and what what's I'm sorry, what, what's cool about that is um because of the way um posts are laid out in Patreon, it's just much easier to put the one image in the header and then just fill the rest of the post with text and unlike a WordPress blog or anything like that. So that's I love the fact that it's it's your favorite image is is what's attached to the uh, yeah, post. But I gotta Thank say you, my dude. the the mm-hmm. Patreon uh system Posting uh, um, new posts mm-hmm. and, and videos and, and everything, it's buggier than Madam Web's uh, sitting is. room. It really is. <laughs> What's really crazy is the functionality is different depending on the device you're using. Yes, I know. The right. laptop, the that's phone, not... and the iPad are all completely different interfaces. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's why I never. I, if I can, I can respond to posts like I did this morning on on my phone. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to create a post. I got to go through the phones. I go through Safari yeah, on the right. phone. I can't, and you can't, uh, you know, you can't. If you, we, I mean, you guys know this, but our, our listeners might not. You can't, um, you can't like embed images and stuff like you could on a regular e- editor. So right. the one image you can have is the image you choose as the cover. You can't like have an article, or we can't put a bunch of images in one post. So, do you ever get uh, the uh, the text formatting panel that won't go away no matter what you do? The bold italic that when it pops oh, up yeah, when no. you highlight text. On on Mike, so I'm using Linux, uh, Opera, under Linux. I'll I'll highlight a piece of text, and naturally the bold, the text formatting pop up will come up. I'll hit bold or italic, and then I Mm -hmm. unselect the text and go to something else, and the damn text formatting panel will not go away. Oi, it's maddening. Yep. But anyway, let's just uh, move on because I don't think they really want to listen all that. No, 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 no. Right. Let's uh, talk about what we're drinking, Mr. Price. What you got? Oh. Um, I, well, I was going to have something else tonight, but I had that last night. So I'm going to wait until probably our book of the month, because it's a pretty big week. It's, it's, um, Westworld comes back tonight. Yes. Hence my uh, intro. We have, um. I knew that. Uh, there's some personal stuff. That my wife and I are taking care of this week that I'm really looking forward to, and um, and there's a little movie coming out, a little indie art house movie called Infinity Ward that, oh that starts boy. Friday. So it's a pretty big week. So I'm going to save. Hasa knows what I'm talking about. I'm going to save that I think for Wednesday night. Nice. Uh, but tonight I am drinking a rather tasty Cabernet Sauvignon from the Great American Wine Company by Rosenblum Cellars. Vintage 2014. Sweet. It says, uh, it was, you know, we were walking through the liquor store and the display kind of caught my eye. The price did as well, because it's not a, this is a wine that you can easily get for under 10 bucks a bottle. 
Wow, nice. Um, and it still tastes really good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm so happy to find these these little cheapo bargain finds. But uh, uh, that's what I'm drinking now. I want to hear what Vince is drinking. Well, I am drinking the uh, mysterious wine. Uh, forged in the nexus of all realities, stored mm-hmm. in a cask made out of uh, Swamp Thing's wood. It is the uh, the mystery wine. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you and your mystery wines. It's almost awesome. gone, though. Is it? Yeah, it's almost. And then I'll have to buy some some. This actually... time, when you buy buy some wine, just keep the label. Just keep it on the keep it on the bottle. We can know what it is. But that's the thing. This wine was given to me. It's a homebrew. I have no idea who brewed it or who, what it is, where it came from, how old it is. No idea. So it's, I, even if I, there, there was no label. If there was, if it did have a label, it would probably be written in Sharpie. There you go. So top shelf all the way for me. Right. Nice. Yes. But you, Jason? Well, uh, I'm going to bookend you. Vince is like the Oreo in between our, our Cabernet Sauvignon sandwiches. Oh. Yes, I am drinking a, a wine I oft mention, Santa Julia Reserve Cabernet Sauvignon. Yo, nice. Yes, All right. We got something very, very, very important to talk about this week, and I'm hoping Jason has read it. Wow. Talk about pressure. Amazing Spider-Man 799. Oh, no. Y'all go ahead. I'm behind, but that's, that's not... Uh, that's through my fault. That's I'm totally fine with that. Okay. I've already been spoiled. I've I've saw it on the internet. So by all means, y'all go ahead. Okay. Well, all I got to do is say that Dap and I called it. We saw it coming, didn't we? We sure did. Yeah, but we'll get to that when the time comes. This is amazing. Seven ninety nine. Go down swinging. Part three, written by Dan Slot, penciled by the awesome. Stuart Eminen, inked by Wade Von Grabadger, and Marte Gracia is the color artist. And it's published by some company named Marvel. I don't know. Upstart company. But just when I thought last issue was the peak of Eminen's uh, prowess, he proved me wrong. I think this issue is better looking than the last one. Hmm. And it's odd because this issue, by and large, is filled with more human moments, more non-costume yeah. moments than the last one. I mean, don't get me wrong. There, there's a, a gigantic double-page battle splash, and there's characters throwing down all over the place in this thing. But there's more reaction shots from the human members, or the, uh, I don't want to say human, the unpowered members of the, the story where you got Harry and Liz and and uh, the children reacting to things and the, the way that Eminem just sculpts those expressions, he's so damn good. He's incredible. Dap, you you with me, brother? I'm here, bro. What do you think? I dude, I it's I think it was okay. I I have to say in in any else's hands and to a degree even slots what i absolutely loved about this and and what i'm enjoying about this arc and and his swan song if you want to call it that anybody else would 
Okay. A week ago, two weeks ago, we had Peter surrender, set up the peace flag in the way of his tunic to Norman, to, to, to Red Goblin, and say, you know, burning, I'm out. Burning tunic. Done. And, and that's it. And we would have had, you know, a few issues of Peter trying to sneak around and get around Norman's ultimatum. Not here. We mm-hmm. had... We had even with his busted leg, we had maybe maybe ten or twelve pages of of the rest of the Spider Family team pitching in, helping out, and when all was lost, when it looked like there was nothing that anybody could do, because even even the one person the, who who came in basically out of nowhere, uh, like an RKO, he just comes in and and he uh-huh. he, he fucks with Norman. Norman, of course, is, does the ultimate villain move with you can either help them or you can stop me and flies away. And then Spidey shows up. And, and it's one of those things where we didn't we didn't we're not wasting time. It's 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 we didn't have issue upon issue of of Peter trying to get around Norman by never being Spider-Man. It's just like he barely lasted an issue. And and I. That made me smile as I'm reading it and I get to that page that just this isn't this isn't being told in a way where we're trying to and and maybe it is I just don't see it, but I'm caught up in the moment. This isn't being packaged to 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 be read in a trade later so much mm-hmm. this is this is as 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 slots writing it as as Stuart and Wade are finishing the pages and presenting it to us that's how quickly this story is moving that's how fast and and how um important and and um heavy or 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 severe this story feels because there's there there is there is no time to waste and and the fact that peter was just like i my loved ones are my loved ones but i still gotta put the suit on um that just that pleased me to no end yeah but i have to I'm not calling you out, but way <laughs> back like way back in the days of the brain trust, those issues were felt to me like they were meant to be read bi weekly, not in the trade. It just, it just had the air Oh of, no 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 I'm not no no i I don't mean I, I, in I general. I'm not right. you know, like like Bendis, for example, with the Avengers stuff. I'm not I I'm not trying to say anybody before slot or even in slots earlier work they were written that way right. it's just in general with comics whether it's you know morrison's batman r.i.p type stuff all everybody else tends to used to or would focus we would get that feeling of writing for the trade i don't i don't mean this to include the recent or or the past few years of spidey into that right i think we should move away from that i think that would do comics a good service to move away from writing for the trades but anyway, it's a different subject. Um, I think the the assemblage of heroes that Peter picks is really smart on Slot's part because what is the symbiote, well, what was the symbiote susceptible to? Fire and Sonics. And Sonics yep. so, so we get not only a smart choice in the Human Torch for the fire aspect of it, but it's also a, a, a great link to the past because if there's one other hero that's most associated with Peter Parker, the amazing Spider-Man, it's the human torch. Right. And that's just uh, the human torch should be in this 
final arc of of slots run i mean if, Absolutely. if, if you're just gonna if you're gonna do justice to what has come before or or at least reverence to the history of spider-man you gotta have the human torch in there somewhere i'm not feeling miles morales i don't know how he fits into all this i don't know why he's here because it's everybody from the team Every, i know but they're buddy buddies now like like so miles yeah. knows that peter parker's spider-man Yes. He's known since before the end of the Ultimate Universe. Because Peter, oh, right, in, in right, the first right. Spider-Man miniseries, <laughs> Peter kind of outed himself to, to Miles. Because in that universe, Peter's dead. Right. But that wasn't our Peter. In Spider-Man, it was. In the Ultimate Universe, Peter, no. Right. Because he did. And we got Silk. And yeah. we have the always infuriating Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude! Who in Thanks one in that, one panel, panel one panel makes me hate her even more? Um, Why? What, what's happened? Peter's on the on the com link with everyone who knows that he's Spider Man, and mm-hmm. Johnny's in the sky, and he's like, "Okay, he's talking to Johnny," and then he says, uh, "Johnny has a point." And while I appreciate the extra precaution, even with Iron Man out of town, and this panel has MJ safe mm-hmm. within Tony Stark's tower looking out all business suit and proper and um this is uh, mj saying i'm still in one of the most secure locations in the world uh osborne's not getting to me and he said uh he's peter says he's targeting everyone i care about mj that puts you near the top of the list and mj says near quotes yet near with a question mark like like near like why would you even like a high maintenance biatch yeah. yeah. I got to say, that seems like Slot loses points for writing MJ out of character. That's no, so that's totally in character. Totally she's my princess, serious, and but... she would never do that. <laughs> do, you, do you not remember the the um, aborted reuniting of these two characters when she was willing to give it all up for Peter, and she opens up his shirt, and she sees the spider, and she's like, nah, I can't have nope. that. I can't have that. This is... This is Typical Mary Jane. She well, can't get. No, every, listen, I mean, she's she, a smart woman. She's got a good head on her shoulders. She's making good life decisions. Yeah. Okay. She can't get everything nah, I'm she I'm wants. Y'all go ahead. I'm just trying. <laughs> no, I know. Listen, MJ's fine, but I mean, you know, Gwen is fine. She has her for moments. Gwen is dead, dude. Gwen. Gwen. Yes, we know. Um, what I was, I shouldn't be surprised about. I thought. Because of the accident, because of the the damage done to Peter, the previous issue, I still thought of them as grenades. But obviously, when when they blew up, they they kind of infected him. They they the reason why his leg wasn't working wasn't because of of an explosion or because of shrapnel. Um, it's because of the basically like a symbiote exploded and right. and. and and the fact that how he, well, it was just weird the way the panel was drawn. Um, when when Spidey does come swinging out, and my man's like, "Ew, what's wrong with his leg?" And it, because I'm sure it's just kind of like waving back there, like 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 Sid Vicious busted ankle, and and it's just kind of hanging around in in the wind. Um, but this one dude's just like, "What's it?" it because of the page right before that 
the anti-venom symbiote is is leaking um and we see flashes amputeed legs i thought for a second that my man saw flash down there but no he's looking at at spidey come trying to swing in um but it just it it that threw me for a second just because i wasn't sure what because stewart didn't exactly draw it to make it look like his leg is just kind of dangling around right and then um it just looks infected you know by yeah. the, by the symbiote yeah but i um, thought clash was pretty cool yeah and and typical clash who of course is like i'm out it's like as soon as shit got hairy he says yeah and then i'm i mean like you can use my sound but i'm not this well he knew he was outmatched absolutely Takes and his- even that and and like you say you know he's no hero he 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 clayton tried to do the right thing um but you just i guess can't Leper can't change with spots. He he just he's got a. It's he's not he's not as heroic as the rest of the crew on on Spidey's team, and that's yeah. and that's fine. And it's it it makes it a little bit more um, realistic because you know here's somebody who yeah a, the Human Torch is one thing, but somebody like Clash going up against someone like the man who was the Green Goblin. That's you kind of this wasn't this wasn't the hill Clayton needs to die on, right? But I, I think the best panel in the entire book is Peter's reaction when JJ tells him, "Yes, this is my fault. Oh, shit, yes. I kind of screwed up. He oh, had he had me in a bad spot, and I wasn't gonna. But then he fucking the pressed me, and, and it just." I, I it slipped and I and this is all of this is well it's mm, it's kind of my fault Peter and Peter oh, doesn't say a damn word he looks at him just, but even the worst part about it is he's looking at him and you can see in his eyes like you're such a dick but Peter hangs up on Jonah you know you shit the bed when Peter Parker hangs up on you because Peter doesn't abandon anyone. He doesn't back out. He's always there for the people around him. Peter pulls out. He's like, ah, yeah, I, I can't take this. And he just, he hangs up on him. And JJ's still talking. Yep. It's like, Peter, I'll, I'll make this right. I, I, I promise. But Clay, I mean, <laughs> the call's been disconnected. But, you know, I can't, I can't really up. be too pissed at Jonah because he's got a cat on his wallpaper. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> So, I don't know where the cat came from. I don't know if he and Marla had a cat. I don't know what happened there, but um, he just likes funny cat videos. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. And and of course, uh, it's Normie is just it's now. I I'm trying to remember if I was like this with my brother. I know that there were oh the the sibling rivalry. Yeah, with you yeah. love you love him more than me. Your dad always sides with, with Stanley and always wants to protect Stanley. And meanwhile, I'm over here holding my dick. It's like I don't, I you know you you both have children of 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 varying ages, so I don't you know I'll for you guys. Yeah. If, if this is a. I mean, I, I know it's a real thing, but it's just it it for, it just seemed to be too much or maybe even coincidental and in, in, in especially with how the issue ends but with everything else going on and i know he's a little kid he doesn't look at the big picture he's not he, 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 right 
So no, but. it's a it's a thing. My my oldest still does it. She's twenty. Really? Wow. Yeah, she's like you know you know you never yell at Mia. I'm like that's because Mia doesn't screw up. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean we uh, I get that all the time from my my oldest is always yeah. saying we treat our youngest with kid gloves because he's the baby and that we don't hold him to the same standard. And we're like, yeah, because he's nine and you're 15. <laughs> right. And that I can't you get that across. You're to act in a different right. way. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yep. My boy will throw anybody under the bus. <laughs> oh man. He's not someone you ever want to take into a <laughs> I know. Room. I know. It's, I'll, I'll, I'll get you, on him for doing. Sicilian. Didn't you explain to him about Omerta? I know. You get on him for not doing something or for doing something, and he'll be like, well, Nina does it, or Nina doesn't do it. And it's just, I said, you cannot divert the blame by throwing somebody else in front of the car. You know, it mm-hmm. just, you, it doesn't work. But he, he's, again, he's only 15, so 14. So, yeah, but anyway, back to the Spider-Mans. Um, and uh, all of the uh, Spider-Family proves to be ineffectual clashes sonics don't do a damn thing torches fire don't do anything um silk was probably the most useless of the group um miles goes down but thankfully we have uh flash thompson in the guise of the anti-venom arrives and patches everybody up including uh peter but not before getting savaged at the hands of the the red goblin the flash is not looking too good no no he does not yeah, he's leaking he's got you know white stuff all over the place and um but luckily he patches up our man for the uh final showdown in in 800 so and really did anyone think peter was just going to sit on the sidelines no but i i didn't expect it to be resolved within a handful of pages okay but should we which should we spoil which I, the ending I seriously appreciate well it's it's um yeah i mean with as, as quickly as these issues are coming out um i don't think it's it's any um great surprise but um it's it's the family business is what it is yeah so i have a question Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't have the uh, encyclopedic recall, and I'm sure I've read it some place in the past. But was there ever an instance where someone shared a symbiote? Now the the um, well, yeah, that 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 whole the, the Venom Inc. arc, that crossover, that was all. It was all one symbiote that that all kind of leached into others, which is why they were kind of all on the same team. Right. Oh, good. Okay. So we are led to believe that young Normie is going to have the same ruthlessness, the same um, knowledge of all things that is going on as Grandpa. Right? So that I don't know. So young. Because wait, no. Did did when all right, so when Carnage was created, Cletus was in was in a jail cell and it was it was the Venom symbiote that he absorbed. And because Cletus Cassidy is a serial killer, he just became a very deranged venomized creature. Um 
but did he know that because Brock knew because because see the thing is with with Peter he wore that same suit that Brock wore he wore the same skin right but just because a little bit of that got onto Cletus did, did Cletus know that Peter was Spider Man I don't think he I did. don't think he did but what I'm wondering here is because these two characters are so closely linked grandfather and grandson right. with the same symbiote I'm wondering if little Normie's going to know that Peter's Spider Man. Which is going to open a whole new bag of worms. It's just going to be another generation of. I I know what's going to happen. I, I'm I'm guessing what's going to happen. That something's going to happen to Norman, just like the original encounter, where mm-hmm. Peter's not going to intentionally do it, but something is going to take Norman out. I'm not a glider, but but he's going to die. Norman's going to die. You think so? The, the kid's going to witness it, and the kid's going to grow up hating. It's gonna. It's the family business. You know, I think. I think. I think when he, when, when the symbiote leaves Normie, something will cause him to regress or or, or not remember if, if whatever memories he we find out he has next next issue, if he does know what grandpa knows i think when he becomes himself again he'll lose that information only to have it only to have something just like this thing with with jonah just only to have something jog it and and make him remember and then cause trouble right and peter's gonna hold back too. next issue he's not gonna hurt a kid no, so, so Norman's going to send the kid after him because he knows he's going to pull his punches. Right. And it could possibly be um, not very pleasant for Peter, but we'll see how it goes. But anyway. Which will allow, which while Peter is tending to the kid, Norman can go make good on his promise and his threats and go out and try to harm Peter's loved ones. Yeah. Well, maybe he'll be successful with one. Oh. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> You are the Red Goblin. Go after the red one first. Take her I, out. I do kind of like. I, I. I. This is one of my favorite of the run of Alex Alex Ross covers as well. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. they're you know they're not shitty. <laughs> I mean that that's I putting have to it say, plainly. I know next to nothing about Carnage. I, I. I feel like. I don't know. He, there's been a lot of Carnage comics. Yeah. Like he even gets his own series sometimes. Yeah. Yep. yep. I just avoid it. I just don't I ever was, read. Them. I was. I was never a real big. I mean, I. I read the first appearance. I, I followed it, and then the whole right, thing yeah. carnage. And the ones, but he was just—he wasn't a character I ever really glommed onto. Oh, yeah, but when Kyle yeah. Hotz drew him, come on, those, uh, he could look the, cool. But those one just, shots just like are I was great. Real big Venom. I mean, I I appreciated Venom within guest starring in or 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 being a supporting member in a Spidey book. But I mean, I I read Lethal Protector, and but then once it got to be overkill i was just like i'm i'm good i i no I've heard man i can't get enough venom i bought i, know, I, know. I bought I all those damn um marvel figures the the uh all the different venoms the the, the teal one the red one you mean the different green symbiotes one. you mean oh yeah all the symbiotes i bought them all yep mm-hmm. still have them that's mm-hmm. cool all time, I think I would have to say one of my all time favorite Spider Man figures is this the Spider Scorpion. 
the giant Hulk-like Spider-Man, Scorpion thing. Did you ever see that one? It's amazing. Had to have. Yeah, I'll pull it out. I got it in a box here somewhere. Yeah, you will. It's in the box. It's in the box. In the so box. yeah, um, Amazing Spider-Man seven ninety nine. If you're not on Spider-Man, you should be because the this is a great, great story. Mm-hmm. Masterfully illustrated too. I'm gonna miss that, him in that, it. That and I props to um, everybody involved because you had that that double page spread where Silk and other Spider-Man are coming in to take out Goblin. Um, they're having a conversation with Peter, and it's it's a double page spread. No panel, it, there are no panel borders breaking up the action, but obviously you could tell that 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 it's a quick fight scene. But between the conversation and and the action on the panels, and then the cutaway to Peter, just just. My man, this is this should be what whenever Scott wants to talk about understanding comics then and and when it comes to storytelling and how to follow things, this is a prime example of of what to do. And you have you have the voiceover of Miles screaming because of what Goblin just did to him, and then you cut back and and then you just you move your eyes ever so slightly up because you just read that panel and then you do see miles on the ground and then still being taken out. And it's just, I, I love the entire flow of that double page spread. If, if Stewart's work, if Stewart and Wade on, on, um, on CE or fan, fan art were affordable for me, I'd love to have this double page spread. Can you imagine how much this double spread would be? I'll go to fan art later and find out. Yeah, I, I bet you it's at least thirty five hundred. Unless Jason. Oh no, there. no, no! He doesn't. He doesn't charge that much. Stuart Eminent doesn't charge that much. Not even close. Well, he should. Uh, well, he probably. Uh, well, I mean, for quality, I agree with you, but I, I mean, I don't know if he would get that. Kind wow, of it's a lopsided dude, there world. Are, there aren't, dude. There aren't many. Uh, there are many modern comic artists that can get that kind of money. Out of fact, there, I don't really know that there are any, except for maybe Jim Lee. Chung. No way, dude. No way. No way. For dude, a, no modern comic splash page in a Marvel or DC comic is getting $3,500. This is two pages, though. A sp- yeah, DPS. No no double page spreads getting $3,500. No way. Like, guys like Sean Murphy can get it for their own books, which, whether they should or not. Capullo can get that. Well, there you go. That's justified. Um, But no, Chung definitely couldn't get that. Now, again, it depends. If it's a double page spread with every Avenger in it or every member of the Justice League when he starts in Justice League? Sure, I probably can get that. I mean, th- that's probably valid, but what uh, what page is it? Fan, it's fanfare, I see. I'm sorry, I said fanfare. No, no, I know, but what uh, what page are you looking for? Uh, it's probably the one for 4,500. Page 11 and 12. Yep. Yeah, uh, 4,500. 799. Oh, I stand corrected. Interesting. Sweet. Go Stewart. You are right. And well, to be fair, it's sitting there unsold though. Right. Yes. But it, they'll drop it down to thirty five. And it'll sell. <laughs> but have any of you seen um images of the uh free comic book day? Amazing Spider Man? No. Mm. No. Okay. 
Well, then I'm not going to say anything until you see it. Okay. I won't go I won't go there. Now this is interesting. So because I guess it's a it's an important issue, all of his other amazing Spider-Man uh, prices are way low, like 7.98, like 7.50 for us for us splash. <gasps> but uh, yes, my friend. But 7.99, the pages are all over a G. Dude, I want I want I want page five. I want the page with glaring Peter. <laughs> How That's much? Three hundred bucks. It's only three hundred bucks. We'll get it. Oh, glaring Peter. Yeah, I don't. I don't need the dishwasher. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. I will be very interested to see if this page sells. The double page. Yeah, only because like I've bought from Fanfare and they're good dudes, but I'm there's a lot of imminent inventory on here unsold. Oh, there is. Yeah, yeah. Which tells and, me he's his prices are a little wonky. And the um, and and props to to Wade for hustling because whenever whenever the issue comes out. He links on Facebook. He links and lets everybody know. You know, pages are available now. And I mean, this page in particular, it's got one, two, two, three images of Miles, two of Silk, and then Peter, Peter's midsection with with, with the costume. So you don't actually see Spider Man in this page, but it's the Goblin kicking ass. Or Ed getting his ass kicked, but I mean it. That does seem a bit high for this particular page. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 legit surprised. But like I said, that the whole issue is marked up about three x what the other issues are. So they're betting on this being a a, a hot demand because of the significance of it. Yeah. Interesting. Damn, I, I wish I didn't know what Ed's page was on sale. <laughs> First sale. All right, let's change the topic. Yes. Jason. What you want? Yes, sir. Tell me something good. Um, I'm going to make you happy. Did, did you, what you think of Savage Dragon 233? I didn't read it. Oh, damn. Did that come out last with, week? Um, that's the one with Wraith? No. What's the villain's name in that? The villain's name? It, uh, it's... I don't. I mean, it's the issue following the dude where his stomach is sticking out of him. Yeah, right? yeah. his hand is sticking out of his stomach. No, I did not read that yet. Holy shit! Right. Well, it has got a an, an event that happens at the end, uh, which I was baffled by, and I I wanted your reaction, but I guess I'll have to wait. You don't have to wait. I'll just bring. No, it I up. definitely do. It's fine. You guys are both reading it. It's I'll bring it up right it. now. No, well, dude. Uh, okay. I want to read it. Oh, I forgot that there's another person in the room. Ah, hilarious. Oh. Okay. Um. All right. All right. There goes that. Um. Oh, how about um? Did either of you guys give uh the new Mad Magazine relaunch a try? I did. I did. There we go. Yeah. What'd you think? Well, first of all, we should set it up, right? I mean, Mad Magazine has been published for all of our lives, basically, right? I mean, hell yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was a gateway for a lot of us, I think. Um, at least for me, it was. I think you guys similarly. I know a lot of a lot of people our age certainly were. It was one of the first comic-y type of things, our first exposure to a lot of those great artists as well. Um, but I admittedly had fallen off. I mean, it's not that I... I can't tell you why I stopped reading Mad Magazine, um, but I did. And what's funny is I even... 
subscribed to the dirt cheap um, online version of it in perpetuity, basically. And I just didn't ever read it. Like I, I was, it was, you know, I could have pulled up my iPad to read and I just never did. Um, but uh, Marvel is, is Marvel <laughs> DC is relaunching it or rather relaunched it uh, this month um, with a brand new number one for the first time in their history. And they promised us a, a collection of old and new, which I think they delivered on um, in that some of the classic mad creators that we've come to associate with the book are still there, but there are some new creators. Um, it's, it's meaty. It's 75 pages. Well, the, so essentially the, the digital version is 75 pages cause they do give you a bunch of digital extras. Um, I don't know what the paper magazine uh, page count is. Do you? No, I have the digital. Yeah. Um, one of the most interesting things about the digital is the, the fold, the fold covers or the, you know, the fold images, the Jaffe's, they, they, they give it to you in like almost like slideshow form where mm-hmm. as you scroll, they do it over like six or seven pages till they show you the, the folded image instead of just in the old school days where you had the paper copy and you had to fold it yourself. Um, I, I liked it. I, I was, it was very nostalgic. Um, it was exactly what I, well, how do, how do I say this? Uh, it, it, it was exactly what I think of when I think of Mad Magazine. And I don't know if that's a great thing in the sense that they clearly are renumbering it and they're trying to breathe new life into it. And they it, they definitely advertise it as being uh, a new take on it. And to me, it was just a 2018 April version of what Mad's always been, which was fine. Like, I enjoyed it thoroughly because that's the Mad Magazine I remember but I don't really know what, if anything, is different about it other than it's got a new number one. What about you? Now, I think it's aimed at a older audience than the previous. Like, um, there was the last maybe five, seven years of Mad seemed to mm-hmm. be aimed at the tweens. Okay, well, see, I wouldn't know that because I wasn't reading it. The the, the jokes were very... Uh, much along the lines of something my kids would get, like about apps and you, you know, okay, you yeah. know, you're an online loser when, like stuff like that. Uh, okay. but, but this seems to be more of a twenty-something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the the fact that they're referencing uh, Bowie and Tupac and Freddie Mercury and like th- these are a lot of people that my kids have no idea who these people are. Mm-hmm. You know. And um, right. not only are they are they doing that, but when um, and kudos to Bob Fingerman, yeah, who, who changed his friggin' style again, and mm-hmm. it's just amazing. But I think the um, the MVP of this issue, for me anyway, is Tom Richmond. Yes, I was about to say the same thing. Exactly. His, his yes homage to Bill Elder in yes. in the Starchy is incredible. Now, granted, yes. he had a great. Yes blueprint from which to work he doesn't stray extremely far from the 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 way elder did it but the drawing is there he he's springboarding off elders drawings and i think there's a lot of wally wood in there too yeah i'm 100 percent with you and i I was gonna say you mean you took you kind of stole my thunder it the first the opening the opening story in the book is called uh Star Wars Half-Assed Jedi, and it's obviously a take on the new Star Wars movie. And as you said, it's done by Tom Richmond, who's been a longtime mad contributor. In fact, we have met him many times at New York Comic Con. 
He uh, actually just got my uh, Cannonball Run Jam piece started a couple years back. Um, but yeah, he he does Bill Elder to perfection in yeah. this Star Wars send up, and uh, th- that's why I say like this felt it like home to me. Like I haven't read a Mad magazine in a decade, and then I'm, I start reading this, and I'm like, oh, this is mad. I mean, this is a parody of a of a, of a currently a culturally relevant thing at the moment. It's silly and funny. The, the cartooning is exceptional. Um, it, it was perfect. I mean, it was perfect. It was yeah. it was perfect. And the the uh, starchy's yeah. loaded with chicken fat. Just like Bill Elder does. I mean, all the the panels have these little sight gags everywhere in them, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's fun, it's uh, reverential. It. I mean, you could tell that he did it with love. But I think the most glaring thing is when Starchy stops. Another Richmond strip starts. He mm-hmm. does a parody of Riverdale called Riverdale. Yeah. And it's in his normal style, his his yes. his regular style, and you can compare the two, and it's like this guy, he's versatile. He is, yep. yeah, I love it. And if I you've would... seen Riverdale, the show, it is a great send off of that. I've never seen it, but it looks um, good. Yeah, we also get Sergio Aragones doing a mad look at this time at harassment, uh, multi page. Um, and it, you know, and I was going to say some things fell flat for me, but that always was the case with Mad. I mean, there was always bits or sketches that yeah. weren't quite as funny because it's not your thing necessarily. You're just not not. And so, like the 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 make a great the make America greet again, which were uh, 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 greeting card mock ups yeah. as though they were written by Donald Trump. That that was corny to me. And again, more probably that's probably a me thing, not a them thing. I just don't find Trump and his stuff funny, so I'm just I don't not really like feeling the the the, the mocking, you know. I just don't want to play along with the joke. Um, I get you. Uh, Peter Cooper continues to do this the spy versus spy, which is not new. He's been doing that for a long time, um, so that that felt good. Pete Bag. Um. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do, well, doing the uh, you mean he was he the one that drew the um, the the Wolverton thing? No, um, maybe, but uh, he did the pop culture that didn't make it into Re- Ready Player One. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now the the bring your sidekick to work day, which is by Carrie Callan, that that didn't that kind of fell flat for for me. I thought it was cute. Mm-hmm. The Twenty Seven Club, which was a send off of all the art, uh, musicians who have died at twenty seven years old. By Luke McGarry was uh, was okay. Um, yeah, it was fine. Um, uh, I loved it. Did you? Yeah, okay. because you got Prince, and he's talking to, to Tom Petty and Fats Domino and Glenn Campbell and Malcolm Young, and he's like, "Hello, uh, come in." And he's he's ushering them into Rock and Roll Heaven, and you got all these people gathered together, and it's it's the Twenty Seven Club, which is Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin. Um, Kurt Cobain. Uh, Kurt, well, yes, Kurt Cobain, uh, Brian Johnson, right. you know, and uh, Jim Morrison, and they they are like a super team of of ghostly um, rock and rollers. And the the panel of Sting that that he's the king of the bees. <laughs> that's 
<laughs> so stupid, but it's funny. Like Sting <laughs> is the king of the bees because his name is. Sting. You're making it seem funnier to me than it was when I read it, but it does sound funny when you describe it. <laughs> it's so dumb, but it's it's one of those little things it's that le- it is stupid. It worms its way into your mm-hmm. your brain. It's like Sting is the king of the bees because he's he's Sting, and <laughs> they have Sting in a yellow and black a yellow and black fucking sweater. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah, but I loved it. And then Mick Jagger, you know. Yeah. But the, and then comes the aforementioned Fingerman, uh oh, Tony's Burbs and Bergs. I love the style Fingerman's got great. going on. Yeah. Yep, thought it looked great. It was uh then there's the Mads movie mogul guide, which is uh essentially taking chick flicks as they put it. Their words not mine, and turning them into dude bro demographics, so essentially taking Movies they claim are geared towards women and and redoing them as if they're marketing the term men. So like, yeah, it, it was a little it little is. On the nose. But see, this is my one issue with the new Mad, and by new mm-hmm. I mean relative, like the last ten years. When okay. when Vintage Mad used to do something like this, someone would draw all these movie posters. Right yeah. now, this is CG. Yeah. It's just yeah. dropped in photos and and altered yeah. stuff in Photoshop. Like that to me has zero value. Mm-hmm. I would much rather see somebody draw it than than a, a damn yeah. picture. Now, the thing you were mentioning, the uh, Ready Player One pop culture that didn't make it into Ready Player One was drawn by Pete Bag, but written by Brian Posehn. That felt totally flat for me. I didn't find it funny at all. Okay. Did you like it? I liked it. It didn't make me laugh like staying yeah. King of the Bees. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Toxic Avengers in there, which is cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Alf, but yeah, uh, yeah, true. It, it, it was it, on the on the. Uh, if I had to rank it, it would not be at the top of of my favorite bits from this issue. Mm-hmm. But it it was cute, I guess. And then there was the Archie send off, like you said, Starchy reconstituted by by Richmond, uh, which I liked a lot. And then River Dull, which uh, I liked a lot. You know, if Tom Richmond ever wanted to do an adult comic, I think he would do a pun intended bang up job because his yes. women are sexy oh yeah absolutely yeah i love richmond stuff yep and he's another one of those the, uh, guys that i disliked him mm-hmm. initially and he had a, i just had a warm up to him yeah the um gunman thing i just didn't find funny to me that's like i, I don't know i know it's i know mad is all about parody but yeah i just it was kind of like yeah it's not funny again the the Photoshop manipulations do nothing for mm-hmm. me. I, I almost wish they would just stop it. Yeah. Then there were a bunch of pages of like letters and inserts and yeah, different. Yeah. yeah it, I but would no, love. I, I liked it. And the folding, I, the folding looking dude still got it, man. Oh, for you know? real, for real. Ja- Jaffe still got it. He's, it's disturbing. The the first one's disturbing. Mm-hmm. With, with the dude in the office and he's writing his last will, will and testament, and it turns into. Uh, a cell phone and there's a plane coming right at the damn window. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's a little, yeah. But Jaff, uh, Jaffe's got to be almost 90, right? You would think. But uh, you need Sergio in MAD. It ain't MAD without Sergio. We, we got it. We got Sergio. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, so I liked it. I, I think it was very nostalgic. Um, I'll probably keep keep taking a peek. 
Um, I don't know if it's something that I'm going to like stick with all the time, but but I certainly didn't think they dropped the ball with with, with the number one. Uh, I I don't know. I have no idea like how unpopular the book had gotten that facilitated them trying to start it all over again. But um, but for what it's supposed to be, it seems like it's in fine shape. Like it seems like it's being stewarded. This is what Mad Magazine should be. Yeah. For most, you know. Yeah. But if I ever found myself in the enviable enviable position of editor of Mad Magazine, I would make mm-hmm. a firm rule: no photos, none. Well, sure, but yeah. I don't care yeah. if I had to increase the staff or, you know, um, get more freelancers, whatever. Um, zero photos. I ain't having mm-hmm. it. Can't have that. Nope. Yeah. Dap, what'd you think? Did you read it? No, I didn't. Not not completely. I was flipping through it. I um, I do like what I have seen. The um, and and Richmond with the whole uh. Starchy leaping up into the air straight out of it. it. It's it's just I I really like what I see here. Yeah, my 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 sentiments pretty much would um, echo yours. It, it's it's both you, especially with the with the more topical uh, parodies and and it's yes. I mean we especially the one with with. The gunman coming to a theater near you. I mean, that's that's. There's nothing. It's nothing that some stand-up comic would make a joke about or reference to. But you know, when when you try to when when you kind of interrupt the flow of what they were doing with with, with the other parodies, it 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 just. It's almost like it's a full stop more and it's a speed bump and, and right, right. not necessarily needs to be there. Jason, holy shit, that um, Wolverton um, tribute, mm-hmm. that's Ron English. I see that now, yeah. Holy crap. That's, yeah. A, that's a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a new image, uh, one created for this issue, or if he had that done and they just appropriated it. But uh, Ron English is, uh, that's... Yeah, that's you're getting up there in the the pop culture ladder. That's all right. Like it. A lot of dirtiness in that image. Yeah, mm-hmm. more than a little. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. So there you go. Mad Magazine number one. Loved it. Good start. Just get rid of the photos. Boom. Yep. You're here. What else, fellas? What else? Were there any questions? From the patrons? Oof. Man, digging in the crates. Why don't you all talk about Infinity 8? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, While yes, I look yes. at the questions, because yes. I, we I wasn't expecting it. I'll, uh, oh, I thought, started. because I saw... I, that's on me, then. I um, I was alerted that there was a, a question asked in that thread, and I oh. thought you would regurg... I, I thought you oh. pumped it up to, to remind people nope. that it's there, but maybe... Okay, never mind. Nope. But before we do cool. Infinity 8... Yeah. I have a thank you. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. I would like to thank uh, Paul Stevens for sending me volume 80 of mm-hmm. the Judge Dredd Mega Collection. Um, these are produced fortnightly in uh, Britain. It's a hardcover collection with a spot varnish cover. 
um, on the spine, much like DK3, there is a slice of a much larger image. It looks like um, a lineup, like you would do in a, a witness lineup of um, multiple judges. I can't really tell. It's just a very small uh, sliver of a much larger image, but I'm guessing from the horizontal lines that run through it that it's mm -hmm. a, a lineup of a, a bunch of judges. So these things would look amazing all lined up on your bookcase. But it's about amazing. it's about 200 pages. Reprints a bunch of Judge Dredd. This is called The Dark Side of the Moon, and it focuses on the moon colony, Lunar One. Um, the megacities would send um, judges to police the lunar colony uh, every six months. And in this uh, first story, I didn't get through the entire thing, but in the first story, which was written by John Smith and art by Paul Marshall, colors by Alan Craddock, it's a reprint of a story that was originally published in 2000 AD, Prague's 1017 to 1028. And I got to take issue a little bit, just a tiny bit, with <clears throat> everybody giving Action Comics props, which is a big deal. It's like, oh, it's the first comic to ever hit 1,000. Sorry, but 2008 well, yes. doubled it. Right, yes. right. right. Yeah, they should, they should couch it with the U.S. Okay, uh, yeah. Ahead, it's yeah. true. But anyway, uh, in this story, uh, Dread is on the trail of a uh, sleazy dude that is selling artifacts on the black market. Um, the uh, uh, museum gets pillaged and things are going missing and Dredd's, you know, chasing this guy. Anyway, he winds up being sent to the lunar colony and his, um, the person he's chasing is there as well. Turns out, long story short, uh, Judge Dredd and Judge Anderson were on an, uh, an adventure once that involved time travel and there appeared a zombie Judge Dredd. And it found its way into this black museum, uh, supposedly inert. Someone, this, this, this thief stole it and sold it, and it gets loose on the lunar colony. And the murders that it commits are traced back to Judge Dredd because they bear the same DNA, only one's a future version of dread and um so dread's brought in and he's the, he's beat the shit and this this zombie is running around making life on the lunar colony extremely unpleasant um i cannot get enough judge dread i if if i had my druthers i would pick up each and every one of these mega collections because production wise they are splendiferous they're amazing you get uh color and black and white the artists in this issue brian boland no mm -hmm. su no surprise ian gibson you got john wagner of course gordon rennie uh john smith rob williams paul marshall peter doherty lawrence campbell these things are beautiful um but i did the math they're um 9.99 pounds british sterling which roughly translates to about 14 dollars which is a great deal for a hardcover of this size, 14 bucks, not bad. But if you factor in the shipping, 
that's where you run into problems. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, man, I, I would do very unpleasant things to fruit for an entire, huh. entire run of these things. Hilarious. So I have to thank Paul Stevens for, I should thank him and I curse him because he introduced me to this mega collection, but he also introduced me to this mega collection. Yes. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, First before you guys free. get into Infinity 8, then. Uh, Wait one second. Okay. Uh, since Vince opened the door, I have a thank you to Mr. Wade Austin Ellis, Ooh. who uh, was kind enough, and I cannot wait to try this. Um, he was kind enough to send me a bag of whole bean coffee. Um, mm. That the beans smell amazing, and maybe I'll grind some at the French press setting for Vince and give him some. You know, it makes me feel even bad that there's a French press setting on the grinder. <laughs> like, what it's the not, hell it's, was it's I thinking? Coarse, it's it's more coarse. It's not. It doesn't. It's not like here for French. They just need to be uniform, and and if you, it, it's yeah, they're just. Because otherwise, like what happened with you, it'll come through the mesh, and who the hell wants to taste that? No so, one, I say. But see, we'll this is the thing. I'm, I'm not okay. I, I'm cultured, I guess, when it comes to art, but when it comes to things like food and drink, I, I know nothing. It's true. I, I it is. I will not it's argue true. that fact. I know nothing, so I did not know that. You know, the French press was something that had to be, that had to take coffee that wasn't like coffee you put in your coffee machine. I don't know. Now I know. Now you do. Now, now you, know. you know. The more you know. Nice. Right. The more you know. Yep. Knowing is half the battle. Uh, so to your point about the questions, Dap, we have a question from our last round for Mr. Rory Walker. And it was uh, actually three in one. It was three questions, for each, one for each of us. So I'll start with Vince because it segues nicely with what he just spoke about. Vince, Rory says that he's getting really into 2000 AD lately and has even gone on to send some writing submissions to him. So that's pretty cool. Cool. Uh, so he wants to know what your top few characters or series are in the progs. For him, it's Dread and the ABC Warriors mainly, but Brass Sun, former recent one, and he loves INJ Colbert art. Wow. That's a very easy answer. Okay. Nemesis the Warlock, number one. Always will be, even above Dread. I love Nemesis the Warlock. Um, and it dovetails nicely into my In Your Travels as well. Okay. Um, and I would have to say two would be the ABC Warriors because they're linked to Nemesis the Warlock. And then three mm -hmm. would have to be Judge Dread. Okay. Uh, Dap, your question, which I think you were ready for because you responded at the time and said, Bet. Um, he wanted to know what would you say is your absolute favorite Star Trek comic series of all time? And then I, I asked that I, I believe I asked him a question. Well, you asked if he meant series or issue and he said series. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, so series would be, um, from DC 1984, the first volume of, uh, the original series with, um, which was written by Mike W. Barr and Pencils and Inks by Tom Sutton and Ricardo Villagran. And um, it was, it's, it, it's the version of the Enterprise of the crew from uh, Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan and Search for Spock, Voyage Home, that 
era is is uh, and actually the first um the first year or so first two years there was the adaptation of search for spock to just to give you some idea but yeah 1984 is when that series kicked off it was the version you could buy on the newsstand for however much an issue was 75 cents i think but first couple issues had george perez covers uh but i enjoy this volume more than the um the later series even though i have a page from gordon purcell from the later series it, it would be to answer Rory's question that is the my favorite series of all the various publishers over the years of who published star trek books wow slight segue just a mm-hmm. teensy tiny one marvel nailed star wars comics they also yeah. did, did right by the Transformers, and, and you could even argue, you know, G.I. Joe and Starriers. Like, Marvel had a decent track record for licensed stuff. The mm-hmm. one time that Marvel completely shit the bed, Star Trek. Marvel had no idea what to do with Star Trek. Because I don't think, I don't think Paramount, I mean, and, and Lucas also was very, didn't let them know where things were going, which is why you ended up with the Green Rabbit. And but that's there fun, were, though. That's fun. And, no, you're right. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you there. But 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 Lucas had a very uh, strict hand, and uh, with Paramount, because when the first when when Marvel was publishing Trek in the late '70s, early '80s, that was that was following the motion picture, and that was uh, unless you're going to have 18 pages of the dry doc scene, there isn't going to be a whole 18. lot. Were you kidding me? It would be like <laughs> amazing 800. Issues, It'd be a hundred um, pages of the stupid there, dry doc. Yeah. So there was, there's just it's um, <laughs> it was it was it was a bad time. I think if 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 they if they were able to uh take off after. The Rathacon, then maybe, but yeah, I think I also think just between the writers and and the artists, I think DC just it was it really was much better, better. But yeah, much better. Yeah, I agree with you though. Marvel did not do well with Trek, partly because they had to follow the motion pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Well, V'ger could have been X fifty one. They could have had them team up. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That would have been awesome. But then when Marvel did get the rights back, they they had. Star Trek team up with the X-Men. Yep, they did. What was your question, Jason? Oh, uh, mine was, um, he wants to know what completely unattainable uh, artist, either for cost stories, passed away or what have you, would I get commissioned from if I was given the genie wish-style opportunity? Uh, And this was super easy for me. You guys could probably guess it would be John Buscema. Because uh, uh, unfortunately, he passed away before we got, or at least I got into the into the convention scene. Long before we we did the podcast, before I was an art collector, so uh, I am fortunate enough to own a little bit of Pusema Avengers art. Um, but uh, but I I would I've absolutely adored having the experience of speaking to the man and, and getting a personalized thing from him and, and having just that 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 experience because for me he is uh, on the Mount Rushmore. So. That's an easy one. Neat. Respect. Yeah. Yeah, man. Love, love, love Big John. Dap, what would your answer be? Phrase the question again. 
Uh, unattainable it, it, because either you, you you can't afford it or 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 they're they're gone or you never see them. Um, but if you could if you could have a genie grant you a wish, who would you get a commission from? Uh, I, I would I would think Gil Kane, right? But yeah, yeah but I'm say. I'm I'm right, but I'm staring at the pay, at the piece that Lance gave me of sure. the Gil Kane Batman. So it's uh, yes, it absolutely without a doubt would be. Would be a, uh, would be a what movie. would you get? I didn't say uh, what I, would, I, would, I would get a Busema. See, most people think I would say Domino, but I would probably no. get, I would probably get a, a, a Busema Wolverine. Probably that would be hot. I would get, I'd get a uh, a Gil Spidey. Nice. How about you, Vince? Curb Commandy. You would think, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just because of how difficult it seems to be and, and how few things he does. I think I would... Jim Lee Batman? No. <laughs> Regular Daredevil. I would get a Richard Corbin whatever he wants to do. That's cool. Artist choice. That's nice. Yep. Nice. Okay, cool. So tell me, tell y'all, tell, tell me, y'all tell me about Infinity 8 because you seem excited about it. Oh, so good. Excited. This is published by Lionforge. I have to admit, it is my very first uh, purchase from this company. Is it? Yes. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, Infinity 8, which was written by Louis Trondheim. And if that name doesn't ring a bell, then you need to get on it because Trondheim is amazing. Uh, Lamouche, he did Nimrod for Fanagraphics, uh, the McConey stuff. He did uh, Dungeon with uh, Johann Svar. Uh, Trondheim is, is just flat out amazing uh, as a writer and as a cartoonist. But this was just written by Louis Trondheim and Zepp. I don't know who Zepp is, but he's got one name and it's cool. Uh, art by Dominique Bertel. Uh, and the design direction was done by Olivier Vatin. Uh, how could we best put this for Jason? Infinity 8 is the name of the uh, starship in, uh, in which this um, heroine travels. Her name is Yoko Karen. And uh, she just wants one thing. <laughs> she does. She wants to reproduce. She wants a baby. She, oh, boy, she, hold on she, now. This is starting to sound pretty good to me. She, uh-huh. she, wants, she wants a baby, and she has um, a year of uh, leave coming up, and she's got, you know, a pension. She, they don't specifically say what her function is on this ship, but... She's security. Well, why would she call security if she is security? You know what I mean? Because they're like the the and there's a there's an altercation early on in the book, and she says, um, "I'll let you call security. I have work to do." So she's she's extremely capable in the fighting and self defense um, arenas. Think Barbarella, and you won't be too far from the mark. Okay. You know she's extremely fetching. Um, yeah, David, I think you're right. She does have something to do with security because she has a uniform and she's, she's, right. pack, she's packing. And it's, it's, she, she's got to, 
Yeah, they're like, you know, she, I, well, yeah, but she's, you know, she's, I'll, I'll let you call security. I have to get to work. And he's like, well, that wasn't that work. And, and so. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. She, she's got a report to, I mean, she's got to go clock in. So this isn't going to, this isn't on the clock. Right. So. But she wants to have a baby and she has a portable scanner. And whenever she encounters a male, regardless of the species, she scans them as uh, a candidate for a po- pro- possible uh, breeding stock for her baby. She wants only the best. Um, the bartender hits on her. He's a spider. And I'll tell you, the cartooning in this thing is amazing. It's a, it's a spider-type creature, but when he smiles his eyes get all squinty and he's got a beard or, or a mustache and it's, it, it, you need to see it. It is exquisite, right? It's hard to make a spider smile, but this works. Um, so she's, she's um, paged to the command deck. Uh, the, the um, protocol eight is enacted. Um, and she's like, what's, what's protocol eight? And nobody tells her. So she gets to the, the, the bridge and the captain, uh, the, the, I could say this about the, the entire issue. The, the character design is among the best I've seen yeah. in a long, long, long time. The, the commander, the captain is this gelatinous squid type striped, um, aquatic creature that lives in a tank, but, the face has um, concentric rings and it's yellow and there's two dots joined by an arc and it looks like a smiley face. It does. But it's not. It's just that that's pattern recognition. That's what we, when you see these two circles joined by an arc, you think, oh, and especially on a yellow ground, you think smiley face, but it's not a smiley face. It's just the way it's done is just, beautiful um the ship encounters um an obstacle in space a gigantic obstacle um a debris field and there's parts of planets and cities and creatures and beings and and she's sent out to check on it well it it turns out that um all of the things in the debris field are associated with death there's a graveyard um Lots of dead people, uh, a combine harvester from Earth with blood on its um, grinding mechanism and, and a, a dude hanging out the cockpit. Uh, there's skeletons everywhere. It, it's, a, it's like a giant ghost graveyard. Um, there's battleships and you know tools of war. But while she's uh, examining this debris field, the Cornelians on board the Infinity Eight, of which there's a sizable amount, they start to go bonkers. And they they rush the airlocks, they override the security codes, they suit up, and they stream into this debris, debris field because the Cornelians eat dead things. Yep. They get off on chowing down on dead shit. And um, she encounters one of the uh, Cornelians, a person or a being that she bumped into in the hallway, uh, Paige's previous 
to her later encounter and her scanner went off and she went, hmm. Like she'll she'll scan a dude and she'll be like, nah, alcoholic, you're not you're not in there, and you know, low, uh, you're not going to make the cut, uh, absolutely not. You have a history of, you know, uh, mental illness, and she's thinking this to herself, or, or and she does it. She she'll say it out loud too, but when she bumps into this uh, Cornelian, she hmm, and it's it's uh he but she uh, encounters him out in this structure. That looks like a giant donut covered with um, runes and patterns, like a, like a mandala with runes in, um, inlaid. And um, she, she gets into the thick of it. Um, there's a, a deceased, uh, looks like a giant king, complete with a broadsword and something out of Elric, only massive. And um, there's a cliffhanger, and we won't say. But if you're looking for something not only outside of the norm, but magnificently illustrated, like this thing is drop dead gorgeous. Right, Dap? One hundred percent. And right as I was flipping through it, when um, the uh, the Cornelians are trying to access it. They're fighting everybody who's dressed just like Yoko. So, which again is why I thought security, because even right. the men have to wear those silly little uh, Johnny Rocket hats. But the um, there's a the, fifth element vibe in this too. Absolutely, there's. Yeah. I mean, it, it it feels like Mobius. It feels like uh, Gray Morrow. It feels like there's there are a few different very heavy metal esque vibes throughout this um karen looks amazing um Mm -hmm. she's um she's not thick but she's classically proportioned right yeah uh and she has no problems with the body she gets uh she gets naked in front of homeboy while she's gotta prepare to to go out into space um he sweats (laughs) he's also right because he was like you know he says yeah you know when you're done with this mission you know we can we can maybe breed and she's like yeah there's uh there's there's no chance because she scanned him but um it's i yeah i it, it may end up being a story that you know we've been shown and told many times before but the fact that it just looks yeah insane and and the uh it's exquisite is what it is the the Cornelians are going to destroy Infinity Eight so they can feast on corpses forever. And there's um Yeah, no, I think it's I didn't know what to expect because I never read the original since this was this this is translated, republished for the US. Mm-hmm. But it is a um I I like it a lot. It, it, it's a book that deserves that needs to be in color just because of the different species on this on the ship and uh, the graveyard, like like you just explained with donut. Yeah, uh, heavy cardstock covers, Jason, with mm-hmm. um, clay coat uh, on the outside. So when you touch it, you leave fingerprints. That's I mean it's upscale stuff. The paper, mm-hmm. the paper, the interior paper is thick. Holds the color really well. I mean, everything about this is European. It's oh, nice. And that, you know, feel free to slap me down. There's also a fear agent 
vibe to this thing. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I could. You know, I'd, I'd, oh. I'd agree with that. I mean, they'll get Jason to read it. The, oh yeah. There's even the. Um, I mean, I, I dig a little propaganda at the end. I got to go on Facebook to log in, but it, it's um, you know, join the agency, and I, I I dig the poster look of it. But like we mentioned last time, it's it's a uh, it's a eight part three issue series. So um, it's going to take part three comes out in November of this year. Part two comes out in July. Um, Trondheim is the writer on all the parts, uh, but there are different, um, there are different artists, art teams on, on, uh, on each story. So it, it's, yeah, I, I think, I think there's a lot here to dig. Um, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to the rest of it. I really like the cover as well. Yep. You want all the little maggots flying around. Super sexy. This Super book sexy. is intended for readers aged 18 and up. It may oh contain boy. themes considered mature. I am on this. You should be. I would and wait. Don't get don't get the individual issues because they're reprinting each part of the eight issues as album sized hardcovers. Okay, from, now we're talking. So go into your DCBS and order it now because it's solicited this month. What the 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 album? The first, yeah, the first hardcover solicited now. Okay, nice. See how we do? We set you up. You do. That's you right. do what you do. Yes, nice. All right. So you want to drag this uh, home, kicking and screaming? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Bonus set. You know, keep it tight. Tight and right. As uh, usual. Uh, we implore you to check out our regular sponsor, DCBService.com, because they're the ones who make the whole big picture possible. But this addendum to the big picture, a little picture that's just as good as the big picture, only tinier, uh, is made possible by our patrons. And if you'd like to check out what's going on with the Patreon, all you need to do is go to patreon.com forward slash 110COMICS. That's 11 o'clock comics. Uh, and you'll see. We have a lot of fun there. It is, it's good for your soul. It's good for our souls. It'll be good for yours, hopefully, too. Yep. Uh, in your travels, I'm going to keep the uh, Judge Dread love alive. And implore you, I strongly suggest you do this. Pick up Judge Dredd Magazine, number 395. Yes, you get a whole bunch of Judge Dredd goodness in the main magazine. But uh, if you're unfamiliar with Judge Dredd Magazine, bundled with each issue is uh, another comic book, uh, graphic novel, whatever you want to call them, that um, is something from the uh, vaults, the Rebellion vaults. Uh, could be previously published stuff. I don't know if it's ever new stuff, but in this instance, I'm guessing that it is because included with Judge Dredd Magazine 395 is a monograph of Nemesis the Warlock written by Matthew Smith with illustrations by Kevin O'Neill, what this book does is it traces the history of Nemesis the Warlock in 
Um, lots of text. Chapter 1, Nemesis and the Alienation Effect. Then it goes into Chapter 2, Torquemada and the Vaporization of Reason. And you get art accompanying all this text. Chapter 3 is Purity Brown and the Stern Sisters. Chapter 4 is Thoth and the Death of the Family. And on and on and on. It is uh, five, the ABC Warriors and the Battle of the Black Hole. If you had ever had a question of what is this nemesis, the warlock thing? Where does it come from? Who does it include? What's it about? What's the, the, uh, the subtext and the, the symbolism in it? You need to read this because it lays it all out for you, baby. And the uh, synopsis on the back of the cover says, Loving the Alien, Pat Mills and Kevin O'Neill's space fantasy saga, Nemesis the Warlock, is one of the strangest, darkest, and most idiosyncratic and hugely imaginative series to appear in British comics. At once, both a thrilling battle between two opposing forces and a blistering attack on authority's fear of the other. Xenophobia. The themes and characters of Nemesis are ripe, for analysis. In this illustrated monograph, 2080 editor Matt Smith peels apart the warlock Torquemada and the worlds they inhabit for detailed examination, discussing how this incendiary piece of work is more pertinent than ever. Get this book. And you can only get it with Judge Dredd Magazine 395. Nice. I'm done. Hmm. Yep. Oh, man. Uh, in your travels... I didn't get to read a whole hell of a lot this weekend. Um, I tell with it. I haven't read it yet, so we can all go ahead and um, travel together and read it. Uh, Deathbed number three, because I enjoyed the first two issues a whole lot. I don't see why I wouldn't enjoy the third. Okay. That's any of them yet. Even a Titan right. That's it, baby. That's about to take right. Oh, cool. Um, let's see. In, in your travels, uh, a few things. One, um, don't forget to uh, check out this little art house film that needs your support this coming week. It's a little thing called The Infinity War. I heard it's uh, it's worth your time. We may or may not see it, but if we do, you probably want to play along with us. So, uh, also, if you haven't done so yet. Um, you've got like what three days to to read the Infinity Gauntlet if you want to play along with us on the book of the month, which will be recorded on Wednesday. Yes, yes, right? yes. Uh, and then in terms of what y'all need to read, well, you know, we had this gentleman on about a month, month and a half ago, Jeff Lemire, and we we talked quite a bit about all of his books, but you know, for me what he's been doing with Black Hammer and um, the series around Black Hammer, most notably so far, Sherlock Frankenstein and Legion of Evil have been phenomenal. And he picks up right where he left off in terms of phenomenal stuff with Dr. Star and the kingdom of lost tomorrows. Very long title. So again, it's Dr. Star and the kingdom of lost tomorrows. Number one, this is also of course by dark horse written by Jeff with art by Max Fiumara, and let me tell you something. Um, he's one of those guys that that I think is, uh, to whatever extent I have an eye for up-and-coming artists, 
Um, Max is not a household name, but he's going to be at some point, and and he's going to be a guy that you're going to be like, damn, I wish I had heard of this dude before when he's charging like three thousand dollars a page. But um, his stuff is incredible. I I just love his artwork. Um, and like many great Dark Horse books, this is colored by Dave Stewart. So you just got a dream team here. Um, this takes place in the Black Hammer universe, although it is very much its own thing. It's set in the early 1940s. Well, it, it opens in the modern time with an older uh, Dr. Star who is a, a scientist um, in his observatory. But, but it flashes back quickly to 1941 when he is a young hero in making. Uh, and it's, it's, it's an on-the-nose, no-punches-pulled homage to Starman and JSA. Um, even as much as the Doctor Star's real name is James Robinson, yeah. so so no, it's, this is not he's not trying to hide it. But uh, but in essence, we were introduced to to, to Doctor Robinson and and his um, science based uh, power set, and um, he joins in the throes of of the early parts of the World War against the Nazis. He joins up with a team that uh, is very much the uh, the analog in this universe to the JSA. Uh, and he actually breaks a tie. They're kind of deadlocked as to whether they should go leave the U.S. and go to, to Europe and fight against the Nazis. And he comes on and says, I, I'm, I'm going to join you guys and, and let's go get them. Um, so, you know, it's just we spent a lot of time at a book of the month last month talking about JSA and um, at least for Vince and I, how much that that series meant to us over the years. Um so this just felt all kinds of right much in the same way. Um, you know, I'm reading Astro city right now for the first time, much in the same way that a lot of what Busiek does in Astro city is very much, um, evocative, if not right on the nose of other things that we've read in Marvel and DC, but somehow he gives a layer of humanity to it. That makes it feel different in, a, in its own thing. I think Jeff's doing the same thing with this black hammer stuff. Um, you know, he, 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 he certainly isn't trying to hide the fact that he's paying homage to things, right? I mean, if he's, if he's naming characters the same names. Uh, and yet it just feels fresh and new because of the way that he has the characters interact with each other and with Fiamara's cartooning. Um, and uh, who doesn't love a good period superhero piece where they're beating the shit out of Nazis? So um, big, 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 big win with this first issue. Um, and, and so far there hasn't been a single bad thing about this Black Hammer universe. So... Uh, Give it a try. It's uh, one, one more time. It's Dr. Star and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows. Look at that. That's so fresh, that. dude. Well, one would think that having worked on Abe Sapien for so long, Fiamara would be a household name, but I got to agree with you. He's not. He's, no, he's not. Yeah, he should be. I bought a page of his from a Hulk series, miniseries that he did a year or two back. Um, just because I was, I wanted to own some of his art. I love his stuff, and it was a page featuring uh, Beast, so that's why I bought it. But uh, yeah, I just don't think many people know him. And his brother Sebastian is also an excellent uh, comic artist in his own right. Truth, truth. All right, everybody. Hey, join us in three days, three lousy days, to talk about the Infinity Gauntlet. Somewhat topical series. What with that movie coming out and uh we'll be here waiting for you with uh some brewskis and or sandwiches 
Just let sandwiches. Us know. Yeah, sandwiches. Let it, let Sandwich. Let's know, know what you want. In the meantime, return like a boomerang because you know why. Yeah, say you know, why. you know. Say good night. David. Oh. Good night. Oh. David. Wow, I thought you were getting all verklempt there. Look at you. Damn, that was that was tight. It was swizzy. Right. Tight. We'll be back. We love you. Get out of here. Go have fun. Read some books. Read them all. All of them. Bye. All of them books.
tuning into each other.